Hello, and welcome to the Family Business Podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping family businesses thrive. My name is Ross Hayworth, and each week I will share insights and experiences to help you to navigate the complexities that can come from being in business with your family. You will also hear directly from family businesses who have been kind enough to share their own stories. As ever, I am grateful for the support of my good friends over at the Institute for Family Business. The IFB support family businesses in overcoming their challenges and help them build lasting legacies, something that we have a shared passion for. You can find out more about their work by heading over to ifb.org.uk. Right, let's get on with this week's show. Hello and welcome to this week's show. Hope you've had a good week. We are going to be continuing our look at governance. This is now episode five in the series. So if you haven't heard any of the previous episodes, please do go back and have a listen to those. Uh, We've covered um, a lot of the family side of governance. And this week we're going to be looking at the family business board, um, chatting about when you might need to introduce one, what their role is, who sits on it, that kind of stuff. So to kick us off, as a business grows and the family involvement in that business grows, it's pretty easy to argue that the need for governance increases. Typically, this could be as you're moving from, say, a business that has been um, set up by the founding generation to a business that has had the next generation working within it. And then as part of the, almost as a succession plan, bringing that next generation into directorship roles. Part of that entry into the directorship roles could well be the creation of a family business board. And that's made up of the newly appointed directors from that next generation, with the founding generation taking on the kind of senior role as chairperson. Um, of that board. And this can be quite a um, change, quite a shift from what has probably been dealt with round the kitchen table or dare I say in the bedroom. How romantic to be talking about things like that in the in the bedroom. But the the shift that's up being undertaken by the business from going from sort of informal discussions around the kitchen table to having those formal forums where the directors, and executive or non-executive, we'll come to that a bit later, where they can get together and talk about the strategic direction of the business is a big shift. It's part of the whole professionalisation of the family business. So that, that's to put it into context is it is something that would potentially be new to you as a family. It may be something you feel is unnecessary if you're particularly good communicators or if it's a particularly small business. But at some point in the evolution of your business, it is likely that a board structure will need to be introduced. So we're going to run through what that looks like on uh, this week's show. And I'm going to start with the purpose of the Family Business Board. And in essence, it's to ensure that the business is being operated as it should be, and achieving what the shareholders, which is normally the family, the business owning family, is achieving what they would want it to achieve. So a functioning board will be holding regular meetings. So they will be scheduled, they will have an agenda, they will have a board pack that should be 
prepared and distributed before the meeting. And this kind of structure means that everyone coming along to the board meeting has access to the same information prior to the meeting itself. That means they're able to prepare pro properly for the meeting and to be in a position to actively participate. What it also means is that people can form questions and opinions on the information that's appearing within these board packs to allow them to shape if they've got a challenge to say the managing director or somebody else on, on the board, it allows them to shape that challenge in a way that isn't reactionary. So they're not hearing this information for the first time at the board meeting and then reacting to it. They've had some time to consider that information so that they can deal with that in an appropriate way. The board packs that are created would normally contain things like copies of the key financial information, any briefing notes and anything else that's deemed important to cover at board level. And what can often happen is individual projects come and go from the, the board meeting as they take uh, significance in, in the cycle of the business. The frequency of board meetings varies from family to family, from business to business, and is very often dependent on the size and complexity of whatever's being um, discussed. So if there is, uh, for example, a full-time management team that's dealing with the operational elements of the business, if that's all being taken care of, then less frequent board meetings might be required. So quarterly or half yearly might be required. And those board meetings can be used to focus far more on the strategic side of things rather than the operational side of things because you've got an operational management team in there um, dealing with it. If you haven't got a senior management team dealing with the operational side of the business and your board is made up of that, that team effectively, you might have more frequent meetings to make sure that everything stays on track. One of the key roles for the board is to be able to have sensible and structured debate. So every single member of the board should therefore be contributing to this through active listening and participation in discussions. So where I said about the board pack being prepared, it should be a given that everyone who sits on that board meeting studies that pack in good time for the meeting in order to be able to come in and have sensible and structured debate. The purpose of the board is to make everything more effective. So not giving it its all and, you know, flicking through the pages on the walk to the um, boardroom is probably not the best way of doing it. And so that's why it's also important to have the right environment for the board meetings to be held in. Heading down to your pub around the corner is probably not the best environment to do it. It should perhaps be around a boardroom table in a professional environment. And that allows for the correct structured debate to happen to help avoid the conflict that can arise through differing opinions, shall we say, around that boardroom table. Having the meeting chaired by a chairperson, having an agenda and having a sort of protocol within that meeting, again, would generally be a sensible thing um, to have. What can happen with family businesses? there can be a very dominant voice in the boardroom. And typically this might be, uh, in the example of the first to second generation business, 
It can be the founder of that business. And the founder can almost sort of use the board as not as its proper function, not to be challenged and take offence if anybody challenges what's going on and ignore anything that's going on. That's not an effective board. You want the board to be an environment where those challenges can be made in a safe way without being overruled by the dominant voice um, in that scenario. Another characteristic um, of sort of typical family business boards is that they are either mostly or entirely made up of family members. And it's important to ensure that if that's the case, that they're not just there because they are a family member. So it might have been set out in the family charter that the family's intention is to ensure that it is adequately represented on the board. And that's fine. But if this is the case, the individual should bring value to the board and participate actively in the meetings. It's important to distinguish between the family council, which we've discussed historically, and the board. The board is there to focus on the successful operation of the business. The family council there is to garner the views of various family branches. So the board is an environment for people to bring their gripes and moans about particular family members to um, that meeting. There's other ways and means of dealing with that. So given how important the role of the board is, you might want to consider some formal training or education, either for those joining the board or for those that are already on it, if you have one. In many successful and growing family businesses that we've worked with, Family members or senior employees who've been appointed to the board from within the business have very often grown their own skills in parallel with the growth in the business. So if you are a growing business at the moment that doesn't have a board um, in place and you think it might be something that's useful in the future, look at some of the skills and trainings that you can get for the skills that will be required when you do form that board structure. So you can get formal directors training, making sure that the uh, future board members understand the various financial management and governance issues. It will make their lives a lot easier. It will allow them to be more impactful in their role. And alongside training and education, it might also be sensible to consider a formal induction program for board members. Now, if I give you a scenario that explains why this might be sensible, is that if a family member is being appointed to the board, they will be doing so from a position where their awareness of the family business has come from their own experiences of that family business. It will come from their influences from their branch of their family. So that could be their parents, it could be their siblings, it could be um, other relatives that may not currently be serving within the business. And this inherited dinner table knowledge may not actually be accurate. It may not be current. And worst case scenario, it could be coloured by bad feeling from those family members with an influence over the person that's going on to the board. So a structured induction process, which would typically involve the new director shadowing key managers within the business, allowing them to observe different departments within the business directly works really well alongside some of the sort of education and training that can be delivered as well. 
Alongside that, you would want them to have an overview of the strategy of the business, current market conditions, and to be involved in kind of the business plan to help create a really cohesive board. And that's really what you want to have. You want to have somewhere where, yes, things are challenged, but it's a cohesive board. Everyone's pulling in the same direction. So there's a few tips there as to how to um, bring people into a position where they would want to join the board and be effective in their role of doing so. We are quite regularly asked as to whether there's an ideal size for the board. And one of our more flippant answers is that it depends on how big your boardroom table is. But in reality, there has been, as you can imagine, some academic studies done on this. And some of those suggest that the ideal size for um, a medium-sized business is to have seven directors on the board. Now, in our experience, some family businesses have more than that, some have less than that. And quite often, an odd number is recommended to avoid any deadlocks on voting matters. But what typically happens with, particularly if you're sort of starting your first board, is that this will be made up of a mixture of the management team, be that family or non-family, um, and sometimes supplemented by a mixture of family and non-executive directors. So next week's show will focus on non-executive directors. So I'm not going to go into a huge amount of detail now, but it is important to understand the difference between an executive and a non-executive director. And the difference between them is the non-executive director doesn't have responsibility for the day-to-day -day management of the business. They are normally brought in for strategic reasons, so possibly to add knowledge around a particular area or to have access to their network, things like that. Whereas an executive director will have responsibility within the business on a day-to-day -day, um, basis. So that's the difference between those two. As I say, we will be covering non-executive directors in much more detail um, next week. They are becoming more and more popular amongst family-owned businesses and for very good reason. So I'll cover that in next week's show. But back to the family business board. And as I covered with the family council, the role of chairperson on the board is vital. They fulfill a different role to the managing director of the business in that they effectively run the board, whereas the MD runs the business. But the chairperson has some really key responsibilities. So firstly, they obviously chair the meeting. So it's their job to ensure that the meeting doesn't get out of hand, that it doesn't go down a rabbit hole, that it doesn't get distracted on certain issues or that it doesn't gloss over certain issues. So it's a really important function to make sure that the board meetings are being as effective as they can be. They also have responsibility for recruitment to the board. And they also have the responsibility for the performance evaluation of board members. So one of the key things with the board is for them to be effective, you really need to be assessing their performance in the same way as you would any other member of staff with evaluations against um, criteria. And really it's up to the chairperson to be able to um, do that kind of evaluation for uh, the performance of the board. In addition to that, they act as a figurehead and a representative of the business. 
and they are the point of contact between the board and the shareholders. And as we covered in um, our episode on family councils, they work really closely with the chair of the family council to ensure that the right information is being communicated between the business and the wider business owning family. So we've covered what the role of the board is and who sits on it. But it's perhaps worth reiterating that the purpose of the board is to create a forum where the strategic direction of the business is discussed amongst the executive and non-executive directors. It should be a forum for healthy debate. It should be a forum where challenges are able to be made and listened to and acted upon. And for it to be effective, all of these things need to be in place. It is not an exercise that should be taken lightly, but it's also an exercise that the vast majority of growing businesses would benefit from because it does create that environment where the issues, the strategic direction of the business, the kind of bigger picture stuff can all be discussed around the same table in a more formal structure than say around the kitchen table or as I said earlier the the pillow talk that can happen particularly amongst business founders on on what's happening within the business. We do have occurrences historically where the chairperson and dare I say it typically very often a chairman will take it upon themselves to just overrule the board attempt to run a dictatorship And as with anything that we've discussed in these episodes that are focused on governance, the intention is to make the relationship between the business and the business owning family a stronger one, with the right people talking about the right things at the right time. And the board has a really, really important role to play in ensuring that the vision and purpose that the family have for the business is turned into reality. So if you're thinking of constructing a board, putting a board together, and I can be of any assistance to you at all, please do not hesitate to get in touch. If you're approaching these things for the first time, you can speak to us. We've we've done this many times with um, families. We're more than happy to help or support you um, in those uh, discussions or how to get those things started. So please do get in touch. My email address is russ at the FBC. .co.uk. So that's it for family business boards. Um, as I say, next week we are going to be covering non-executive directors and what you might want to look for if you are considering employing a non-executive director. If there's anything you want me to cover in particular or if there's a particular challenge you're having, let me know. But until next week, take care. I hope you found this episode useful. If you have, then why not share it with your family and see what they think? I work with families just like yours to help them to better understand the complexities that can come with being a family in business. So whether you're just starting out or heading into the umpteenth generation, if you feel that I could help, check out fanbizpodcast.com forward slash work with Russ and get in touch. Until next time, take care.